For a second there, I thought you disappeared. It rains a lot this time of year. And we both go together if one falls down. I talk out loud like you're still around. Hey, Ollie. How are you? <laughs> Stop it. You do this every I time nervous. I start. You always make fun of me. Welcome to Best Acquaintances. I am your host, Emily Bennett. Oh, and, and I have your... a guest. His name is Ollie. Anyway, sorry, so I, I today realize. I was watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. I didn't realize I was supposed to not say I'm the co I'm her co-host, uh, Ollie Brady. So, wait. So we've just gone full. You're the host now. Well, yeah. Ever since you made fun of me. When did I make fun of you? Thirty seconds ago. Ah, I don't have any short-term memory. I'm like a memento. <laughs> You're a dory. You. Like a memento? Yeah, I'm a memento. <laughs> Wait, have you seen the movie Memento? Do you have fucking memento disease? Who says <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I'm a memento. I think, I think one of the oh hello guys. Anyway, hi Ollie. Hey, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I have this. a gif of I have... uh, a meme of that, and I've posted it before to people when I'm <laughs> mad at them. <laughs> uh, Ollie, how's your 2019 so far? So far, my 2019 is going very good. I am. Um, I haven't done really anything exciting. It's been great. Uh, this, uh, for the record, everybody, this is the first time we've recorded in 2019, and um, uh, the, the year is about eight days over, or sorry, eight days old. <laughs> and it's I'm all, already over. We're eight like, days over. Because... We're eight days over. It, it peaked on New Year's Day, and it's just been going downhill ever since. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's been it's been pretty solid. Back to work yesterday, and uh, it's, I I must be getting old because the first time ever I went back after the Christmas holidays, I was like, I'm tired. Oh, I wanted to go back to bed. Why am I up? <sighs> Is it because you didn't have a diet coke? It's also because I've given up diet coke, or mostly given up diet coke. I was about working. Diet I got. Pepper. I had a bunch of them. I and my diet doctor pepper's gone. I had a bunch of them in the it's fridge. Gone I Christmas. Yeah, but that's what I said. I was working through them. I had one a day. I thought you got like 50 of those things. No, I got 31 of them. (laughs) And I've gone through, it's been 27 days, and I've gone through all 31 of those Dr. Diet Dr. Peppers. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Oh, I just took a hit of Sweet Sweet Pepsi Max in my caffeine hit. Pepsi does suck, but... I'm like a junkie at this point. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need my sweet, get. sweet spar to me. Yeah. Get me, get me through the night. How has your 2019 gone so far? It's going all right. Uh, I've seen my friends a few times, had some drinks. That's pretty much it. I got snowed in at my mom's house the other night while watching the Golden Globes. 
and didn't even get to see the end because the satellite went out. So uh, it's pretty exciting stuff's going on in my life. So you guys, how how were the Golden Globes? Did we have any shocks? Did um... we have any snubs and flubs? <laughs> uh, I felt like A Star Is Born got snubbed. I was shocked that Bohemian Rhapsody got as many awards as it did. And I was also a little shocked that Green Book got the awards it did because everything you heard from people was, oh, it's joke, 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 joke at its expense. So I figured it was just some shit movie. But now I kind of want to see it. Also, okay, so here's the thing. It felt like this year they let certain categories have as much time as they wanted to give their acceptance speech. And then uh, others got no time. Yeah. That seems to be the way it always so, is. No, but it's like, you know, Lady Gaga and her guys got to talk forever. Christian Bale got to talk forever. Like, to the point where they're just like, uh, like trying to come up with more things to say. Whereas the guys who wrote Green Book, when they got their award, there were three of them. One of them started to give a speech. And when the other came up to talk, they cut him off and cut the microphone off and played the music. And I felt yeah. so bad for him. That that happened at the Oscars last year, didn't it? The, I, I don't I can't know. remember what the exact. I think there was there was there was two of the guys got up to talk um, for best sound editing. I think it was, and one of them got up and he did the, like the standard speech, and then the other guy just came in to thank his wife. That's all he wanted to say. Apparently, Aww. it was like I just want to thank my wife for supporting me. It's a really hard job, and he got as far as yeah. I want to thank my and this. And they came in loud, like not the, it starts building up music. They came straight in with that to get him off. He was like, oh, all right. And then the microphone goes down on the stage in the, in the oh, Oscars. Yeah. Because they're not at a plinth that comes up out of the, the, the stage. And I was like, oh, that's just horrible. Man, the Oscars are my Super Bowl. I cannot wait. I need to see more movies, though, before, before it. Yeah. I really like the Oscars. Um, for a long time, I, I was paying for the movie package on Sky TV over here, quite literally just to watch the Oscars. <laughs> so I was paying for <laughs> the entire year so I could watch the Oscars. Uh, in Back Aww. then, it was back in it was either January or February. Now it's March, I think. I think so, it's yeah. It's definitely much later than it used to be. Um, can I, I just want to talk about Green Book for a second. There's one thing that I've noticed a lot over the last couple of days since Green Book started coming out, because I, I, I know absolutely nothing about this movie. I remember seeing a trailer for it mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, Viggo Mortensen's new movie. And then I saw the trailer and went, oh, this this looks like it could be interesting. Mashallah Ali, he's really good. Um, uh, Viggo Mortensen's really good. It seems to be telling an interesting story. I, I wonder if this could be a good movie. And then I didn't hear anything about it until it started <laughs> winning awards. But for the last couple of days, I've come across, um, what's the best to describe it, is uh, a lot of white dudes on Facebook going, they don't really handle the race issue very well. And uh, and I get really upset. And then, but then they always finish that. But Mahershala Ali deserves an Oscar nod. They're going, have you seen the movie? Like, because the way you're talking about it is like, nobody should go see this movie. But you're also 100% confident that Mahershala Ali, I can never pronounce his first name, deserves Mahershala. an Oscar nod. Mahershala. Uh, so how, how can you, like the two of those can't exist in the same existence, yeah, I if don't that know. makes sense. Like, 
I don't know. I haven't seen any of that. But I'm trying to stay off social media, remember? Oh, yeah, that's true. I've been uh, I've been seeing off a little bit of social media too, and I've been seeing off social media so I can watch some awesome movies. Emily, have we watched some awesome movies together in the last couple of we days? We have certainly watched some movies together, Ollie. Okay, we watched two of the greatest movies ever committed to our lives <laughs> in the last week or so. One yeah, of them was so it PS started on New Year's Eve. Yeah, on New Year's Eve, we watched P.S. I Love You, and then we watched the Sex in the City movie, because here's the thing. So Ollie and I are 5,000 miles, eight hours difference from each other, and one of the things we enjoy doing over the internet is watching movies, because that's easy. You just hit start at the same time. But we have to find movies that we both can watch, like that are available to both of us. So... One of these things was Sex and the City movies. And P.S. I Love You, but that's not as important. Okay. I'm just going to say this. Every time Emily suggests a movie, I say, well, I'm on the internet, Emily. All movies are available to me. I'm not saying that I would (laughs) use some of those nefarious means. But if we needed to watch another movie, I'm sure I could find a way to watch a movie. But Emily's like, no. We both have to watch them on Netflix, so we have to I watch follow Sex rules. in the City. <laughs> so no, I we, said, uh, what about Sex in the City? And Ollie's like, oh, yeah, let's watch Sex in the City. So we watched the first one. It's fine. It's not great. It's not about good people. And then today we watched the second one. Sex in the, which C- Sex in the City, too. There were times I-, I had to put my hands over my eyes I was so I have embarrassed to by this movie. Change my assessment of Sex and the City one, because I watched it and thought, "Yeah, this is okay. This is a movie. Yeah, I can watch this." <laughs> then I watched Sex and the City two, and I realized that Sex and the City one is a masterpiece of <laughs> pacing and plot and writing. It's it's it's. Do you know what Sex and the City one holds up, guys? Uh it, it does. I mean, <laughs> Carrie. Car- <laughs> For like the fifth time has legitimate reason to never talk to Big again. Oh, he's a horrible person he's who awful. she should he's not terrible. be with. Yeah, it's just... But oh, Ollie, goodness. when he colors, he rarely stays inside the lines. He rarely stays inside the lines, which is just a way of saying that he's not very good at coloring. <laughs> yeah, I mean like... Not the main thing, but one of the main things of coloring is staying inside the lines. It's like, oh man, look at this barn. That's just a red circle. Like the barn was drawn inside. I don't even get what you're saying. I never stay inside the lines. Oh, you're talking what? about real coloring. <laughs> I was I was talking about never mind. But okay. Wait, we're we're what? treading the line of turning into worst idea of all time with this. Oh. But um, I do want to report that um, my co-host Ollie Brady did say one of the most insulting things he has ever said to me while we were watching Sex in the City. Do you remember what it was, Ollie? I said you're a real Charlotte. Yes, you did, and I was incensed. I don't know. Charlotte's the best of the four girls. She's like so nice and sweet. She's and... horrible. I thought you said she's a whore, and I was going, what? No, she is spoiled and high maintenance and just 
I got, oh, she's so uptight. <gasps> I will break those fingers off, Oliver Brady. What fingers, Emily? People, it's a, this is a, a, a podcast we're doing. People can't see fingers. Like, Ollie is making either a very rude symbol at us or he's counting the ways that I am like Charlotte and I don't like it either no, way. I am not. I was merely <laughs> stretching my hands. Mm-hmm. And just because my fingers stretched every time you listed one of those points doesn't mean well, you know I was what? them off. I'm going to pick a character you're like. Rob Thomas. You. <laughs> That's not From a Sex and City 20. character. Uh, I've got to think about this a little bit longer. I'm so mad I can't even think. So does Ed Sheeran <laughs> well have done. a cameo on Sex in the City? Oh Jesus, he would now probably. Nowadays he would if it was if it came. Oh my God, if it came back, he could get the Sheeran, and he'd probably sleep with Samantha because she sleeps with everybody, <laughs> and so does Ed Sheeran. Uh, Ollie, uh, who's the one who marries Stanford Blatch? Don't act like uh, you don't. I know it's, you don't think. It's Charlotte's best friend. You are Charlotte's he, best friend. He designs. He designs the wedding in Sex and the City one. He's the yeah. wedding planner. He's like the Franck. Yeah, and um, he's awful. And you are. That works really him. well because you guys are besties, and you'd be besties from the movie. Not That's anymore. Exactly what I said. <laughs> Thank you very much, Christine. That's perfect. Which brings me to our guest. Um. Uh. Well, I, I was going to go with a segue, but <laughs> since Emily started, I, I'll just do what Emily does. Our guest this week is Christine <laughs> Fredrickson. Hello, Christine. How are Woo! You? Hi, Christine. <laughs> Hi. How's it going over there in Roseville? You know what? It's Wait. going pretty good. My dog, um, whenever I don't like cook dinner when I get home, he uh-huh. thinks I'm going to order food because when I was in grad school... <laughs> I haven't been in grad school for six months, so I cook a lot more. But when I was in grad school, I'd order, um, like, the DoorDash where they bring you your food a couple times a week. So Mm -hmm. if I haven't eaten by, like, 7, 7.30, he just sits and watches the door. And is like, well, if you're not cooking, food's coming. And so Mm -hmm. um, since he left my lap, he's been watching the door waiting for food to show up. The Chinese so he's delivery be really guy is coming. Yeah, he will not eat his dinner. I gave, put his food out, and he won't eat it because he's waiting for like good food to come. Uh-huh. And he's going to be really disappointed and get mad at me in a little bit when he realizes. Guys, yeah. can I ask a question? Because this is this is something I've wanted to ask for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. What's grad school? Graduate school is what you do after your bachelor's degree to get so, a master's degree or a PhD or. And are grad schools actual schools, or is it just the same as over in Ireland, where if you go to DCU or UCD or UCC or whatever, uh-huh. you can then do a master's degree in a similar course in that college? What? Or or is it a yeah. separate college? Like is, is it's is in it the own? same place. So why usually is it not always? School? You have to do it after your bachelor, so it's like another level of education or certification. After You're already you a graduate. college degree. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah. post grad. So sorry, I'm just wondering. So there's I just, college I didn't or university, and then there's graduate school, which is what graduates go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So we, we call them postgrads. Oh, okay. So, so you're just clarifying what's... So, I yeah, thought you so were telling okay. me that I was wrong, and I was like, hey, man, I live here. <laughs> no, no, no. Now no, I that's, understand. That's why I didn't... I, I never understood it, because you, you hear people going, oh, it's been so tough. I've been in grad school. And uh, people are going, is grad school... Like, is it like a separate building? Is it like, oh, I'm, I've, I'm going to uh, Harvard, and then now I'm going to Harvard grad school, which is like across the road... And harder to get to. That's why it's so difficult. Uh, They're higher level courses. Ollie, you have a master's degree. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, I never called it grad school. So I got my my first master's from Trinity. So I went to Trinity College. I didn't go to Trinity grad school. I went to Trinity College. Mm. It's just referring to the type of degree you're getting. So you mm. can say you're in a master's program or you're in grad school, but either way, you're referring to the same program, yeah, which see, that's means what you have a that's master's degree at. after. Yeah, yeah. See, that's, see, that's what I was wondering. I genuinely taught for up until about 15 minutes ago uh-huh. or whatever time we started this conversation because it feels like 15 minutes ago. Wow, um, okay. <laughs> it's that I genuinely thought it was a different school. Mm. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, no, because graduate degrees could be like your MD or your PsyD or your PhD. So yeah. gra- saying grad school just covers all of those versus master's is a specific level within right. that. So right. grad That's school is just broader. What did you get awesome. your grad degree in, Christine? I got it in applied behavior analysis, oh. which is a sub section of psychology oh that's cool that sounds impressive well thank you it feels <laughs> impressive yeah that <laughs> grad school is exhausting so i commend you thank you i'm very glad to be done it was hard to do while working uh full-time but i have succeeded yeah yeah well, and were you fun. were you doing most of your courses at nighttime then or were you it was all like online, so I'd have group projects at night after work where I'd have to meet with people from like 7 to 10 on Google Chats or Google Hangouts mm-hmm. and things like that to work on presentations or fake studies that we had to do. Um, and then there was a lot of online like coursework you had to do, so different modules where you watched like a 45-minute lecture, then you had to take a quiz on it and things like that. And I had to work with pretend data to get pretend results and give pretend mm-hmm. clinical recommendations which was annoying because i was working with real data during the day that was helping people and then at yeah. night i'd get home and i'd be doing all the fake version and it was i was like can i just turn in what i did at work today <laughs> <laughs> yeah I used to get that all the time as well where you'd um so you you'd do a, a lab work experiment and you'd get a set of real data that goes from mm-hmm. it and then you'd sit down to do a question um or you'd sit down to do a, a quiz on it and the data was always the fakest, most perfect data. They go, that's the, you, you couldn't possibly repeat those results in an actual lab situation. Like you, like you're, there's no way your graph is a perfect line with 100% correlation, and yet that's the way the questions are always in any sort of exam. You're mm-hmm. Like, eh, give me a little bit of variation, a little bit of leeway here, like. But yeah, I I got liberal arts degrees. I didn't have to work with any data. I make graphs Sorry. at work every week. <laughs> graphs are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's if that translates to people who aren't into <laughs> into data. Like graphs are fun. No, they're not. You mean people <laughs> who aren't straight up nerds? Oh man. 
I was making fun of Ollie there. <laughs> so harsh. I got friendly fire though. You hit both of us. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Uh, Christine, I like you I'm sorry. I'm sorry you I'm sorry you came onto the podcast and took such abuse <laughs> from, from the main host. It's absolute <laughs> shockingness. Um Christine. Yeah. Uh, so what what does your job entail? So if you if you got an advanced behavior degree so I work, um, I do applied behavioral analysis in my work. So the company I work with goes into schools and into homes. Um, and we also run like social clinics. So our focus is helping children that have different emotional needs or behavioral needs or um, intellectual disabilities, developmental disorders. So we work with a variety of kids. The majority of the clients we work with have um, autism have been diagnosed on the spectrum. Some kids mm-hmm. will have Down syndrome or Fragile X or be emotionally disturbed, conduct disorder, oppositional defiant disorder, um, or sometimes it's something more rare. It's a general intellectual disability without a specific um, fancy name to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have staff that go in the schools and work one-on-one with students. So usually they're helping, you know, oh, this student could be in a general education classroom with their peers if they have a little help so when they get upset there's someone to help coach them through it and help them take deep breaths or if they don't have they can be in a public school in a special needs class because when they get upset and try to throw things someone keeps the other kids safe so they don't have to get restrained or taken out of the school system so depending on the student we'll be helping in different ways there's a lot of variety some kids you're helping them with toileting some kids you're helping them take AP physics notes so it really yeah. varies a lot with what we do. And then in the homes, we work um, with different life skills and learning how to read emotions and different social skills. So yeah. I've been in the field for uh, eight and a half years, and I've been working at a management level for um, five, no, six years. Um, so I basically, I go visit the, the classrooms every week and visit the home cases we work on every week. And I create new therapy plans and new solutions of how to teach new skills and how mm-hmm. to um, decrease inappropriate behavior. Um, and we really focus on, you know, what is this child trying, how are they trying to get their needs met? What are they trying to communicate or do that they aren't able to communicate and learning new ways to teach um, them so they can be more independent and more successful. So it's really fun. There's a lot of variety to it. Every day is really different. Um, mm-hmm. So I manage cases that both in schools and in people's homes doing private therapy. Wow. Yeah. That sounds yeah. Uh, fantastic. I, I obviously, I've talked a little bit about in the podcast, so um, children with special needs have, are, are part of my life as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, as you said, 90% of the issue that people have or that, that exists is trying to learn what they're trying to tell you mm-hmm. and trying to pick up their clues. Because if they can't specifically say to you, I am feeling X, Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be able to pick up from their body language, or whatever. So, for example, uh, if you, I'm just thinking about my own son for a second, that if he's in a shop and he's decided he's had enough of that shop, he just you you if you're holding his hand, can I always hold his hand when we're walking in the shop just to make sure he doesn't go wandering off somewhere? He he just gets all floppy, so he just gets <laughs> like really, it's like and you'd be walking down the corridor and it won't be he's not like some people would say oh he's kicking off or whatever he's 100 percent not kicking off mm-hmm. because he does it in the most calm and relaxed way possible <laughs> which is just he's halfway down the corridor next minute he flops 
Mm-hmm. And they've still got a hold on his hand and I'd be pushing the trolley in one hand and then totally be looking up at me with a big smile on his face, which tells me it's time to leave the shop, Daddy. Let's go <laughs> to the counter. So and it, like I can, you know, could conceivably be like, no, come on, we're walking down. We have to get the other two things on the list. I just go, whatever, pick them up and again, carry them up to the counter, let them pay. And then we go off and go somewhere else. It's just, and it took a long time to figure out that he wasn't being cheeky in that point. He just can't verbalize. Mm-hmm. I am bored of this place. So that's the way he lets us know. So yeah. it's, it's, it's great to hear somebody who's, who's working in the field, who, who talks about that as well, Christine, like that. It's all about the communication aspect because these people are trying to tell you, you mentioned fragile X. I met a child with fragile X for the first mm-hmm. time a few weeks ago and his parents are the most patient and supportive people I've ever come across in my life it actually mean I sat down afterwards was like wow I used to think I was really good uh, dad but watching these two people and the way they work together to look after a cat because for people who are listening fragile X is like autism but can sometimes have a lot more severe um, signs or severe, I suppose, symptoms of it. Uh, and that these people were just so patient. Mm-hmm. There was not, not one, it, it, and normally within, when I'm hanging out with other parents of uh, autistic children, um, you can feel like the frustration a little bit and you can, you can pick it up and I'm sure I give it out sometimes as well. I've never come across a, a, a warmer couple who were just so relaxed and calm about them. So yeah, it, so you, you find a lot of really great people when you're interacting with those kind of people. So I was wondering if it's the same over in the States, like do you find very supportive people when you're dealing with the, um, people with uh, disabilities in that way? There's definitely some variety. Um, there's a lot of families that are very supportive, but a lot of people are also kind of at the end of their rope by the time they get services or we're working with them and maybe they've been working with us for two years and we're so used to looking at we use data every day we measure everything we work on we see all the subjective progress we see you know rates of tantrums have decreased from happening an average of three times per hour and they're 30 minutes long to an average of once every two hours and they're eight minutes long and we're seeing, oh, wow, there's only like one tantrum every time I visit. And they're, you know, we're seeing this huge progress. Oh, it's under 10 minutes. But they're like, oh, I'm with this kid 24-7. That's still multiple a day for me. Like, yeah. it's still, you know, so sometimes it can be hard to notice and appreciate some of that progress because you're in it all day. Um, mm. But overall, most people are supportive. Sometimes people will have very specific um, perspectives or views about how things should be done. That can be challenging, especially if you're working with um, someone who uh, doesn't have English as a first language, if you have trouble communicating some of like the research behind it or science behind it, or if someone's from a different generation. So if it's like a grandparent, um, sometimes they'll have very um, different views of looking at disability. They'll be ashamed of it. They won't want to tell you what's wrong so you can help them. It's honestly yeah. primarily grandparents can be very hard to work with just because they don't feel as comfortable coming for help. And that yeah. sometimes they'll lie about what happened or they'll try to play it off. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like you're in working in the field, like you see it all eventually and it's no one's fault. You know, it's one thing I like about working with um, this type of diagnosis. It allows me to work with children where I'm not in a situation 
where someone did something horrible to a kid. Um, yeah. And I get to help kids, but no one, it's no one's fault. No one did anything wrong. They've accepted yeah. services because they want help or guidance and everyone's a team with it. But um, overall, yeah, most people are very supportive and um, uh, pretty much every like agency or uh, government service offers translators too. So I've even had that for like um, families that are where both parents are uh, primarily use American Sign Language and are deaf but their child is speaking and some of the challenges they've had with that um and we've been able to have the translator come for each parent so they both are able to share and not feel like they have to take turns or fight over a translator um and then you know have meetings that way so there's a lot of good resources too if there's any sort of language barrier but yeah i really enjoy it it's really great um i like having being able to see objective proof that things are working it can yeah. be really hard with such an emotional field, um, you know, where you have people crying, you have people suffering, you know, you might get a new scar from getting bit or like hit with something, but being able mm -hmm. to see, oh, wow, look how far we've come with this or with this, you know, I've had clients yeah. who used to have to be restrained every day and then they haven't been restrained for two years and things like that, where it's like, it doesn't matter how bad the day is, like no one's bleeding when we leave and it used to be they'd have to be you know, held down for people's safety or things like that, or kids talking who didn't use to talk. Like, mm -hmm. it's really rewarding. I think I'd have a lot of trouble maintaining a full-time job anywhere where I didn't feel, like, valued or needed. And um, so I'm really happy to have my work where I do feel like I'm making a big difference for people. Yeah. yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is too heavy of a question to ask. But what what do you think the uh, the state of services for people with disabilities and children with disabilities or or autism or uh, developmental disabilities things like that? What do you think the state of services are like in America right now? Well, it varies a lot from state to state. It's primarily um, the state level legislation that relates mm -hmm. to it. Um, so in California, it's all funded by private insurance at this point. And anyone that doesn't have private insurance has, um, covered California. Um, so the Affordable Care Act, all of that, literally every person in California can have health care. Um, mm -hmm. it's the most, you know, one of the states where it's the most expansive. So mm -hmm. we're one of the best states as far as having a child that has a disability, um, because you get services from the moment of diagnosis. Um, it's all funded through the government until age three, until you go into the school system and get assess another assessment from your insurance company. And then it's mm -hmm. funded by your insurance company and by the school system um, until age 25. And then um, depending on what your insurance is, you have continued support. And there's other government programs available. In mm -hmm. some states, people are paying, you know, Twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year privately with no uh, economic support to get services. So there are some states where really people are taking out, you know, second mortgages to try to get help for their kids, or where only the wealthy are able to um, get the support that they need. So California mm -hmm. in particular is um, very good about it, but worldwide we are definitely one of the better countries about it. There's mm -hmm. a lot more research going on here. There's a lot more resources. Um, so overall, it's we're close to the right direction. Um, some other areas, like in Europe, 
um, have a lot of resources as well. But, um, you know, it could be better, especially for adults. There's not as many services once you're an adult. Yeah. You're out of the school system, you know, age 22. Um, it, you, there's a whole process to be uh, maintain services as an adult. You have to prove, you know, that you still need them. But um, anyone who has a disability starts receiving Social Security checks the second they get their diagnosis. So mm-hmm. they're getting funding through that right off the bat. So th- that money can be used for families to help get different resources. Um, and then as an adult, they could it can help pay for them to live in a supported care facility or to live independently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and depending on how severe it is, some people will have different physical uh, modifications they need. But um, we have, you know, American Disabilities Act, which mm-hmm. makes it so that any company can be reimbursed for making their um, office or their workspace more um, accessible for people. So mm-hmm. any sort of thing of like building a ramp, adding elevators, any of that, that all can be reimbursed by the government. I want to say it's up to $9,000 a year. Um, so there's a lot of resources people aren't aware about even. Um, Mm. that even it's really set up to help businesses make things accessible. Um, And there's laws in place as far as, you know, if you have to have a special kind of chair or you you have to have a certain work area or um, you have to have some physical limitations to your work, there's all sorts of laws for that to make sure that people can do work to their best of their ability, even if they can't do um, the full job description. Uh, and so there's a lot out there that's really helpful. A lot of it is just not knowing how to access those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so every every state has some sort of government agency at the state level that's responsible for being in touch with people and helping advocate, but they're not mm-hmm. always the best at it. But there's also a lot of um, different advocacy groups that you can reach out to as far as education goes to find out what some of those resources are. So kind of a long answer but overall america's pretty good for that stuff i would say see christine's saying america's pretty good but i'll I'll take it from the point of view of uh, an english-speaking person in europe um america is the best in the world yeah uh, at any of this that i've ever seen i i Mm -hmm. it it can be hard for somebody like christine to talk about this because she's working in the field it sounds like throwing their own trumpet the depth of care that uh donald would receive in the states in comparison Mm -hmm. to ireland doesn't even compare it's like a completely different world and mm-hmm. um, when christine mentioned in europe that they have a lot better there are two countries in europe that have close to what america would offer and they're the czech republic and austria and neither of those countries are english-speaking countries mm-hmm. which is why uh, and i know i've talked to emily about this before when we're taking uh, or sorry when when donald's going over for any sort of treatment or any sort of stuff like this here he's been over in california like three times like mm-hmm. because i had no idea Oh yeah, so when he goes over there, he so he goes down to the unit in San Bernardino. They're attached to University of Southern California, mm-hmm. um, because they're doing tons of research and they can work with people like him and they help to train uh, his parents up and his grandparents up mm-hmm. in how to deal with him and to to learn properly to be able to help him better because the equivalent's just not available over here. Mm-hmm. Like we have a thing called early intervention, which is. Uh, the government-run program where if a child has been diagnosed with autism before the age of four, they will, you know, theoretically be seen by specialists and they'll have, I'm sorry for people listening, I've got inverted commas up with my my (laughs) fingers. You'll be seen by specialists and all this sort of stuff. And this is the state-run program. Ireland is not a poor country. Donal was called 
twice in two years to go see and have an appointment, which means that his speech therapy uh, has to be paid for privately. His um, occupational therapy has to be paid Like anything he needs to get done, his autism specialist, all of that has to be paid for privately because the government-run stuff is just poor. It's just bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even though, like, so we live in, or sorry, we don't live there anymore, not we anymore. Um, but so Don's living in, in Sligo because of the area of Ireland he's living in, don't even have a huge number of speech therapists. There mm -hmm. aren't a large number of occupational therapists, so it's just hard to get it. Whereas any time I went over in States, so the first time we were in San Bernardino, and they were saying, so, you know, if you guys lived here, this is what your son would be getting just as a matter of course with the health insurance you're paying for. Mm -hmm. And it was like to the point where legitimately at some point I was thinking, yeah, we should all move to the States. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's that much different. So, yeah, it, as much as I'll sit here and I'll rag on America and I'll make jokes about how sex in the city is your greatest cultural export. <laughs> your country does an awful lot right and it has an awful lot of stuff in place for anybody who's got a special need. Yeah. So, yeah. Well done, Good. America, sometimes. Yeah, I'm used to, I know California is pretty much the best at it. But it's hard, I mean, it's hard for me to know some of this. I've read a lot of memoirs and different things, but they're primarily in other states. So that's, that's, I have to say, I don't have a lot of knowledge about in other places. Um, but it's definitely improved and changed a lot in the last 20 years. I mean, 20 years ago, everyone was paying privately. No one, it wasn't even covered by the government. Um, so it's really, autism wasn't even recognized as a diagnosis in schools until about 20 years ago. So it's really changed a ton. Um, and actually, I don't know. Have you heard of the UC Davis Mind Institute? Yes, I have. That's about um, 25 minutes for me. Um, hmm. So they do a lot of studies, genetic studies and different things there. I have a friend that's doing research there. Um, and she's uh, doing that before going into her master's program. And she loves it. I got to bring some kids there for a Christmas party. They have a Christmas hmm. party every year for everyone that's done a, gen a genetic study. And I yeah. got to take some kids. I used to do um, respite services, so government-paid babysitting, basically. I got mm -hmm. to take them there um, and help them go. And they normally couldn't go because the behavioral challenges were too great. But since I already had experience in the field with um, on top of like working with them, I was able to take them and have them get to enjoy it. Because when one of the kids melted down, I knew what to do and you know mm -hmm. made sure everyone stayed safe. Um, but yeah, that's near me. So there's there's definitely a lot of really cool stuff here. I like California. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just yeah. uh, we can we can change the subject a lot because you said it's near you because you live in Sacramento. Um, I live near Sacramento. That is the landmark that people would know. So I live about 20, mm -hmm. 25 minutes from Lady Bird. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say Lady yeah. Bird. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I I live in Roseville, which is uh, unfortunately a. Wait. Less you, you liberal beside, area near Sacramento. You, you live mm -hmm. beside a town called Ladybird. No, the no, movie Ladybird. Yeah, is... the, the movie Ladybird oh, was right, in sorry. Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, but um, there is a city <laughs> called Rough and Ready that's about an hour from me. Oh no, really? I had a friend that grew up there. They seceded from America for like a week, <laughs> I think. Um, I wow. think it was during like when during the Prohibition when alcohol was illegal. 
Oh, okay. And they seceded for, like, one week, but they didn't have any access to mail because they seceded. So they didn't, like, tell anyone. So literally nothing happened. Yeah. They still have a celebration every year about their, like, their <laughs> momentary freedom where everyone gets drunk. That's amazing. Sounds like the movie Passport to Pimlico. Oh, yeah. Where a little bit of Dub- or a little bit of London just decides, oh, we're no longer part of the United Kingdom anymore. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. our own independent nation. Um. Rough and ready. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, believe it was true until I saw it on her uh, driver's license. I thought she was joking. <laughs> All right. God, on her driver's although, license. Although yeah. I will say this. I was driving uh, home for uh, a funeral thing there last week. And I took a route that I've never taken before. Because I was just like, ah, you know, I'm going to try and cut across here. Um, basically, <laughs> I was killing time because I didn't want to get there too early. I, I, I'm not good with those sorts of things. No. So I cut across... And I went past two signposts, one after the other, that really got into my head. And I was like, I think the universe is trying to send me a message here. Because the first one I came across was Crom, C-R-O-M, um, uh-huh. the God above all. Uh, I'm sure Stuart Wellington, if he was listening, would be well into be like, yes, hail Crom. And then the one directly after that was for a town called Kill, K-I-L-L. Uh-oh. So wow. I, I was like, Crom, Kill. <laughs> trying to tell me? I was hoping like the next signpost that came back wasn't like somebody's name that I knew or something. It's like Stevens. I was like, oh no, I have to kill all the Stevens. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like in Ireland, you get weird names as well. So and you would be lot, like, so, well, I can't argue with this sign. <laughs> the signs are telling me. You have to follow the signs, Emily. I'm a, I'm not a rule breaker. This will all hold up in court. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, but signs told me to do it. Yeah. So I heard someone say the other day, this is someone from California, say that. Hey, man, northern, northern Nevada and northern California should join together and make their own state and Mm -hmm. southern California and southern Nevada should make their own state. Wow. Yeah, I I guess we'd we'd kill Silicon Valley, so we'd have a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, fun, I guess. But something I've been noticing here is more and more anti-California, like bumper stickers and things. Oh, like, like right. don't Californiaize my Nevada. You know, if you go back to California, like anti-California bumper stickers. They have People weed are... and healthcare. Get away from them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we have weed. We got that covered. Who needs healthcare if you got weed? Uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, so we can we can get a little passionate about uh, California, but when we want to shop at your mall, we're all about I mean, California. I gotta be honest, California doesn't care at all about Nevada. Like I, I, I don't think anyone from California has ever thought about Nevada. Yeah, except that you're all so. moving here. That's why people are mad. They're like, oh, all these Californians are coming in and driving that sounds, poorly. That's yeah, like this whatever. that meme you say you see all the time from. Um, from Mad Men. Oh, yeah. I don't <laughs> think about you at all. Yeah. Nevada's like getting into the thing. California, I'm worried about you. California's like, I don't think about you at all. We're like, they're our rivals. Yeah. And they're like, who? Pretty much. <laughs> who are these guys? <laughs> but we have I to d- share you get a that a lot. You get that a lot in soccer clubs. Um, so, does, does, uh, so Liverpool are one of the biggest football teams in the world and Everton are their next door neighbours mm-hmm. like across their like if you're ever in Liverpool and it's a really nice city to go visit and you can go to all the do the Beatles stuff right Liverpool is but they're literally 
Liverpool the city yeah it's a really nice city uh, if you live so if you're in the thing there's a place called Stanley Park and Liverpool's football stadium is one end of Stanley Park and Everton's football stadium is the other side of Stanley Park it's not a big park like you can see the two stadiums from <laughs> each other right uh-huh. and obviously they're big footballing sports rivals because they're in the same league or whatever there's a little tiny team in between them called Accrington Stanley uh-huh. and Accrington Stanley constantly talk about how they're rivals with Liverpool <laughs> but it's like that's like saying I'm a rival with Tom Cruise because I want to get the same acting jobs that he does uh-huh. <laughs> I've never gone to an audition I'm never going to be ever uh, associated with any of the movies but I'm a rival because I'm an actor too and that's like Akron and Stanley all their fans like all their fans like 600 fans going oh we're Liverpool's big rivals because we're the nearest team to them and Liverpool <laughs> fans are going there's another team in Stanley Park like and their, their football pitch is right there you can see it like it's just like people just walk past because it doesn't even have stands around it like it's just <laughs> it's just a tiny little football pitch so wow. yeah that's that's Nevada to California <laughs> yeah whatever we'll, we're just would you guys take would Arizona get into that kind of <laughs> fuck joint? Arizona because you know like it would make more sense for Southern California to join on with a little bit of Arizona. Like, no, I think Arizona them. should take Vegas and do us all a favor. <laughs> That's what I think. I think they should fuck off with Vegas. If they did take Southern Southern California with Southern Nevada, would you technically be in Southern Nevada? Ooh. Who? Reno. No. No. So you're in Northern Nevada. I, the, yeah, she's I am like in northwest corner. She's almost in California. I am Reno, further but... west than LA. I yeah, you're further west than I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Southern I can Nevada. take like one freeway to get to her. Yeah. When I go home from work, I take eighty east to Reno. <laughs> but I don't I stop before I get to Reno. Oh well it's great. You can take the eighty well you can just take one road to get to Emily. I have to take planes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to put them. salt in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> we Sounds like California is great. Whatever, Christine. So Christine, you've been living so you live in Roseville and you've lived mm-hmm. there all your life? I've lived in Sacramento area all my life, so it's kinda of like a twenty, thirty minute radius from Sacramento. I've lived in different cities and yeah, I haven't really lived in other places long term. So I'm a and local kid. Have you ever have you ever gone surfing? I have never gone surfing. Um, I am not that far from beaches, I guess. Like I could get to a beach in a couple hours, but um, I'm like very near a bunch of lakes. But yeah, I just don't. You can't really like surf on lakes. I've gone, you know, like I've gone like body surfing. Um, and I've gone like inner tubing on lakes before, but I haven't gone like Sweet. real surfing. Lakes are better because the ocean is terrifying. Yeah, I don't have to worry about like just never coming back to shore on a lake, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's only saying lakes are better because Reno's got one. We have And she's least. probably not going to die in it. <laughs> you can die in knock lakes. Knock on wood. Wait, Jesus, guys. Come on. <laughs> Not because of like the the tides pulling you away. Like the moon's not moon isn't sucking you into the depths of the sea. Well, <laughs> unless you go to Pyramid Lake where there is an undertow that you have to watch out oh. for. Slash oh. water babies. But we've talked about this in the past, so we don't need to. Uh, I do recall that. Yeah. Babies. 
Yeah. Uh, Christine, you picked up like a little flurry, furry thing there a second ago. Do, I do. do you have a dog? I do have a dog. Well, His name is Momo. He doesn't make any noise, so I can't like, you know, get him <laughs> to do anything to acknowledge he's here. Oh. Unless he's really tired. <laughs> if he's really tired and I like shift my position because he'll sleep like laying on my side. He lays on top of me while I'm sleeping. Aww. It's very Aww. cute. But I'll like shift my weight and I'll go. Rrr. It's really <laughs> he doesn't make any other noise the whole day. Aww. Yeah, Murphy, Murphy doesn't, really make, doesn't yeah. really make noise either. Unless he's on the beach and he sees birds. Then he's like, Oh yeah, birds. Motherfucker's going to fly away again. Uh, yeah, oh, Momo thinks he's going to catch all the birds. Yeah. Wait, what, what were you saying? Abby? Well, Murphy is... Murphy doesn't bark so much. But Murphy does that thing where he's scratching and... <laughs> oh yeah, well, he's, well he, sorry. I, I didn't get back. Half the he time I'm things. talking to Ollie, I just hear er, er, er in the background. Yeah, and then what? and then I tell Emily that it's Murphy. Shut oh, up. No. no, Murphy, no, Murphy like Murphy, digs Murphy. in his ears. I think. He All right, I'm eyes. getting off the call. This is between you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, Murphy. Murphy does the scratch thing where he scratches behind his ears, and uh, when he does it, he has the most content. He does not have ear mites, Emily. He goes to the vet very regularly to get Did checked. Check his things. ears. Um, Yes, of course. No, the vet doesn't check his ears. <laughs> um, they, but he, he scratches behind his ears and he makes these contented, happy sounds. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that's a good spot. Um, and it just sounds so weird. It's really loud. I've had to cut it out of the podcast many, many times. Uh, did you name Momo after uh, Last Airbender? No, I didn't. So... I was going to name him Morden, which is the name of oh, a yeah. character in Mass Effect in 2 and Mass 3. Mass Effect 2, eh? Morden mm-hmm. Solus. Yeah, he's my favorite character. Um, but Momo, I was told that he was going to be like about 12 pounds. And so I got I, him I, and he was Christine, 3 can pounds. I just, can, I, can I just say one thing? Huh? Yeah, Morden, Morden Solus, the character, is named after a character from the Wheel of Time. Oh, oh Lord. Okay. So I just want to point that out. There. <laughs> All just, right. Just... <coughs> so my dog, I thought he was going to be like 12 pounds, but he ended up only being like 7 pounds. So I I, start, I called him Momo of like, oh, it's his, his baby name. He's going to grow into Morden. And he never stopped looking like a puppy. It when he gets his first job. <laughs> when, when, yeah. Hey, Momo, when you're out of this house, and it will be soon, Momo, <laughs> you're going to be Moradin then. Yeah. A big boy now. So that was what I had in mind, but then he never grew into it because he's so small. Mm-hmm. I guess he's part Chihuahua. I actually did one of the DNA tests for your dog. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> 23 and he? <laughs> I don't even remember what it was called. It probably had the word bone in it or bark or something. I don't know. But... um. <clears throat> Because he didn't have the right fur texture for any of the breeds I told he was. I was told he was. I got him from like yeah. an old couple on a farm. He wasn't. It wasn't like I paid like hundreds of dollars for like a purebred or something like that. Yeah. But um, you know, when you get a little fluffy dog, you're like, oh yeah, my his dad is this, his mom is this and this or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so they thought he was a Maltese. But he wasn't the right color and he didn't have the right kind of fur. So I went and got him checked, and he's uh, Havanese, which is, like, the cousin to the Maltese. The Maltese, oh, okay. I think, are from, like, Malta, from Europe, and the Havanese are from Cuba. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he's, yeah, like, that makes sense. the cousin fluffy dog to those. <laughs> um, but then he's also, he's part palm, 
which they said he was part Pomeranian, but he's also part Chihuahua. So that's why he's so much smaller, and that's why, like, his nose is pink. Um, <laughs> so he's, like, two-thirds the size he was supposed to be because mm-hmm. he's part Chihuahua, so he just didn't ever finish growing. So Yeah, and he's then he's part little. Ewok. Yes, he's full Ewok. Yeah, I <laughs> I always tell him that he's a teddy bear. And Aww. I tell him he's going to grow big and strong to be a grizzly bear, so he has to be good. And he, he's never going to get bigger, so... He won't eat yeah. his fish. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing about his mother. She's a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Ollie! You... you are technically correct. I know. It was just the way Christine was like, and I don't know what his mom is. And I, know his dad. I was like, his mom's a bitch. Um, the first time somebody said that to me about Murphy, like his mom's was like, no, she's not. And then it took a legit... Um, like I've had Murph since I was in my twenties. Like so, it wasn't like I was a kid. It literally took me about fifteen seconds when my mind was going. You just called my dog mother a bit. I'm gonna slap you right. And then it was like, oh, oh no, wait, no, I get what you're saying. No, sorry. I know. Well, no. I was like, wait, do you mean me? And then I was like, oh, you mean no. the dog that I've never <laughs> met. Okay. Well, that was exa- That's exactly the thought that was in my head. Wait, no, because I sometimes I pretend like I'm Murph's dad. What are you saying? No, that's obviously. No, Christine, you're lovely. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that to say that. Sometimes I pretend to be Murph's dad. (laughs) Sometimes I pretend to be Murph's dad, you know, uh, when I'm dropping him off to discos and stuff. I'll be back at 10. I'll be back at 10. You make sure to look after yourself. (laughs) Okay. Christine, (laughs) I'm going to cut that entire interaction out. (laughs) Christine, you also like movies, it sounds like. Oh, wow. Yeah. The fact that I don't like getting called a bitch is a definite sign. I like movies. That's a good segue. <laughs> I wasn't. Wait, stop. I didn't. I say, I'm not talking for the Now you have to podcast. keep it because I referenced back to it. Nope. <laughs> so, Christine, you like movies. Oh, I do. I love movies. Um, this last year, I had set a goal for myself. I realized that I'd only seen a little bit over a dozen of um, movies that were in a foreign language. You know, so you, mm-hmm. I've seen, like, a bunch of British ones or whatever, but I hadn't seen that many that um, weren't in English as a first language. So I set a goal to see more of those. I didn't really pick a number, but I ended up seeing 44 last year. Oh, wow. So I want to hit a similar number this year. Um, and were they were they all from last year, or are they classic foreign languages? Oh, God, no. Oh, it would be wild. I'd just be seeing whatever thing came out. No, so I've I started by looking at um, some movies that are like the best movies ever that were a foreign language of being like, oh well, those will be good to like learn about some new directors and different things. Um, and then I asked some different people from like the best acquaintances or from the flop house um, mm-hmm. what they liked, uh, and. Um, just sort of started to get into some different things from there. Um, And one of the things I found out I really liked was there's several um, movies and directors that are um, from Asia that I really like, particularly Hong Kong cinema and South Korean cinema. And Mm -hmm. I had never seen movies from either of those countries until last year. I'd seen a couple Japanese movies before that. I'd seen Ran and I'd seen... um, 
just a couple others that were famous Japanese movies, but I'd never really yeah. seen a movie that was from South Korea or from Hong Kong. Um, mm-hmm. And so I saw, I ended up seeing movies in, that were um, from 13 different countries and languages last year. Um, wow. But the ones I watched the most of were Hong, movies from Hong Kong and movies from South um, Korea, and I just really loved those. Um hmm. Yeah, checking out. Are we talking action cinema or the dramas? Because I, I, a lot of the Hong Kong movies and South Korean movies I would have seen are, are action movies. I don't do as much of the action. I did see a few that were more like crime movies, but um, I actually like have Infernal been, Affairs and stuff like that. I have not seen Infernal Affairs yet. It's on my list. It's great. Um, one of the actors I really, really like, I think, is in it. Uh, Tony Leung. I'm yeah, not... he's in it. He's yeah. He's, he plays the um, he plays. So Infernal Affairs is the original version that got turned into the Pirates. So mm-hmm. he plays Leonardo DiCaprio's character. I don't even oh, remember which great. is which in The Departed. I didn't like that movie. Well, it was one of those movies where it's good, but I don't care about it. He's, he's the good <laughs> guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he's. I mean, he's a babe. I'm kind of in love with him. <laughs> not Leonardo. Tony Leung. He's he's amazing, dude. So I have been trying to see every movie that he's in. Um, so the first movie I saw with him was In the Mood for Love, which is known to be one of the best movies ever. Um, have That's either of awesome you guys movie, seen yeah. it? I've seen. I've it never even Love, heard yeah. of it. Oh my gosh! You guys should watch it together. It's romantic and sad. Oh. It's it's sad. It's so good though. Yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. I scream, I cried at the end of it, and then I yelled at the TV. Oh no, they both die? Uh, I don't think anyone dies in it. Just love dies. He's really good in it. Oh my gosh. Because he, and he, I I think I remember correctly, that's the first one that was a breakout for him, because he won an award at Cannes. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they started then trying to put him into, um into European movies. Yeah, started branching out yeah. into some other stuff after that. But he made like five or six movies with the same director. Um, oh, shoot. I always say his name wrong. I don't want to say his name wrong. Hold on. The director's name wrong? Yeah. I like him too much to say his name wrong. <laughs> Wong Kar Wai. Mm. I get the car and the Y in the wrong order, and then I'm like, no, that's not your name. Don't be rude. Um, <laughs> I, first time I saw... I saw um, Tony Leung. Uh, I saw the movie Lust Caution, the Ang Lee film. That's on my list to see. And I thought it was, and I was like, ah, I wonder, like, Lust Caution. And uh, this is back in 2007. I was like, bet you this is kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, if anyone wants to watch a movie that they think might be kind of sexy, don't watch Lust Caution. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not. That's not what that movie is about. Um, but he's great. Yeah, he's in he's in Infernal Affairs as well. But he's mm-hmm. uh, he does he did a lot of the action stuff back in the the eighties and nineties as well. Oh like yeah. He was in like Chunking Express and he was in Hard Boiled. I've um, seen Chunking Express. I love that movie too. Yeah, and Hard Boiled is is great. He's uh, if I can, I think I remember he's the bad guy in in Hard Boiled, which is really funny because he's such a likable actor. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, but he's up against Chow Yun Fat in that movie. Oh, Chow Yun Fat's sure. like like adorable dude like he's like oh i want to be friends with chow mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that's one of the, my favorite like actors and directors now. I've seen five, I think four or five movies they've done together. And I'm there. That's one of the ones where I want to see all the rest of them. I've also been doing a lot of South Korean horror and drama. Ooh. Um, do you guys have you seen any South Korean movies? Or like, no. I know um, Stuart recommended a couple of them, like The Host. Uh, I've seen The Host. I've yeah. Seen the Train Train to Busan. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so those are both South Korean like horror movies. So. The one, the um, guy that did The Host, I just finished watching all of his movies. He did Okja, too, which came out in yeah. English. And he did um, oh, yeah. Snowpiercer. Yeah, and Snowpiercer. Yeah. So, Snowpiercer, I think, is overrated. Oh, yeah? Because uh, people go ape crap for that movie. and <laughs> Please, Ollie, know. censor your swearing for us. <laughs> I just, I, listen, after calling somebody a bitch in advertent, <laughs> I'm not going to be that ex- saying bad words all over the place. But um, yeah, uh, people go, like, I remember I came across Snowpiercer because people in the Flophouse group were mad for, oh, Snowpiercer is like the best movie of 2012 or 2014 or whatever it came out. And oh, everyone watch it. It's one of these hidden gems. And, and I was like, oh, wow, I must have got to watch it. Oh, it's by the guy who directed The Host. This is going to be great. And I sat down to watch it. I was like, this is okay. It's like, it's fine. Yeah, I think, because that's the only one where he was working off of a novel. So you're kind of limited by, like, an extremely obvious and overt message versus some of his other oh. stuff that's more subtle. And his other mm. stuff's rooted in um, a lot in, like, South Korean socio, like, political situations and the influence of like American occupation and the American media coming in um, and Hollywood and that relationship to like South Korean family. And then mm-hmm. this one's not set in South Korea and he's working off of, um, I think it's a French book. Um, so yeah, it was, I think that the cinematography and everything was phenomenal, but it definitely was a lot less subtle than uh, his previous stuff. But I still I still really liked it, but I, th- I think it's my least favorite out of the five movies of his I've seen. Oh, I've only <clears> seen three of his movies. I've never seen it. Oh. Seen what? Yeah, it's it's okay. Uh, Emily, uh, she's uh, Emily's, Emily's never seen Snowpiercer. Oh, it's yeah. pretty good. I think it's a good mm. introduction if you're like, would I like this thing? It's a lot more mm. actiony, and uh, yeah. it's not quite as subtle. Like it's, and it's got Captain America in it. Oh yeah, Captain America's in it. And Tilda Swinton is a evil lady in it. She's she's pretty she's fun. Playing Mar- she's playing Margaret Thatcher in it. She really <laughs> is. Yeah, that is a hundred percent what's happening. Um, have when you watch South uh, Korean horror, have you watched any of the the psychological horror type stuff like Audition or Audition um, is Japanese, but oh, I Japanese, have sorry. seen that. Um, I didn't like that one as much the whole like vomiting food into like someone's mouth yeah that was the worst part for me like there's there's like tools under people's fingernails and stuff like that oh. but the worst part was the vomiting that is one of the only movies i actually like gagged at and like actually momo came up to me and was like freaking out because he was like what's wrong with her <laughs> um so that one, like, I get why it's a thing, but I actually didn't like that one that much. Um, 
But um, I I have only seen one of um, shoot. See, I was gonna have people's names in front of me, so they I don't get the order <laughs> wrong of their names. Park Chan Wook. I've only seen The yeah. Handmaiden by him, and I love it. But I haven't seen um, Old Boy or Sympathy for Lady Vengeance or his other ones yet. But those are next on okay. my list. I wanted to okay. watch them one director at a time, so I would be able to see like kind of their themes and aesthetic a little bit more. So he's my next one to go through. Um, when you watch uh, Old Boy, right? Um, Old Boy is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's unbelievable, and he's a great actor or a great uh, director. Um, Handmaiden was great too. Mm-hmm. Uh, not what I was expecting when I sat down to watch it, um, and it really it was like wow, actually, wait, this is really interesting. Uh, I didn't expect it to go, because it goes places you don't expect it to go, mm-hmm. which is great. And that's, anytime a movie does that. Old Boy, there's a, Spike Lee did a version in the States where, let's see, I don't want to say too much about it. Right. Old Boy's a movie with a twist, right? Yeah, I'm aware and, of it. I, I looked up the CWs, like the content warnings for it. Yeah. To make sure, but so, I think because I've seen some of, I'm gonna see his other movies first and then decide if I want to see Old Boy because well, I don't know I, if I'll be able to take the twist or not, even though I'm aware of it. Well, but I think I'll end is, up liking the movie anyway. So if you know what if you know what the twist is, so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say it for anyone listening, right? So if you know what the twist is, it's right at the end, and it just means that the main actor has to make a choice, or the main the main character has to make a choice, mm-hmm. which is whether to tell somebody and ruin their life basically or to not tell them mm-hmm. and and walk away or whatever right and that's so that's what that's the choice he's left with right it's it's a heartbreaking moment because everything's been leading up to this and it, it's really subtly done and there's no clues to it in beforehand right then spike lee got it and it was like somebody said to him oh but you got to get this twist and then the entire movie spike lee's version of it is ultra violence leading up to a twist Mm-hmm. And you can tell it's coming because everything in this movie is so straightforward that if it didn't have a twist at the end of it, it wouldn't be a movie. Whereas <laughs> Old Boy works exactly as it should, mm-hmm. and the twist is just this little bit at the end. Like conceivably, you could stop ten seconds before you get the big reveal in Old Boy, and it's still a great movie. Mm-hmm. It just won't have the same emotional effect as finding out what the twist is at the end. And the other thing about it is, as well, it's it's done very tastefully in the original Old Boy. Like it's not it's not like hammered home into you. In the Spike Lee version, the twist is like hammered home into you. Yeah. It's like oh yeah, like we we're gonna have to cut back and see scenes from before in the movie. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. You're like oh, I don't need. Mm, like once once it's said, fun. it's said like. Yeah. yeah so it's not it's it's just very heavy-handed but yeah old boy itself is a great a great film yeah. and simply for lady vengeance is just as good yeah i've heard those are both really good so that's my next go-to i feel like the same thing's true of the handmaiden where like each act of it is very different and you kind of get different information as you're watching the movie but without the other pieces any one of those acts would still be a great movie like you don't need a big twist yeah. or a crazy thing to make it good it just sort of enhances it I just looked up the twist in Old Boy because I couldn't stand not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's we're, not we're what not I thought it was going to be. It's a, it's a, it, it's genuinely affecting twist mm. when you get up. You're like, wait, what? 
Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Excuse me. It's like, oh. And then, <laughs> so you know the worst affecting. Thing about this? It makes it Ollie made burp. Me burp. There were there are people I know. People who said, um, "Oh, I I saw that twist coming." Mm-hmm. And it's one of those ones where he said, "Right, like, do you take the Sixth Sense, the famous twist in Sixth Sense?" I can understand where somebody might have got that. It makes sense. There is no way you saw the twist coming at all. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. The same with uh, Simply for Lady Vengeance, and then even Lady Vengeance. There's a twist in both of those, but it's not like a Shyamalan twist. Oh, I got you. Mm-hmm. It's like something that you thought was happening has been doing slightly different as you've been going along, and. If you actually saw it from both angles, you'd have understood. And you're like, all right, I get it. But there's no way to see these twists coming, mm. um, which I just think it's I just think it's hilarious that people are like, oh, I saw it coming. No, you didn't. You definitely did. <laughs> well, maybe people saw this coming. We're getting toward the end of our recording, so it's time for our MySpace survey. Oh, snap! Yeah, you're right, Emily. It is time <laughs> to maybe go about our MySpace survey. Uh, Christine, were you ever on MySpace? I was on MySpace. Yeah, that was a thing when I was in like junior high, high school. I had mm-hmm. that, and I want to say like junior or senior year was when people started like being aware of Facebook. I got it right before college, I think. But yeah, I had MySpace all through high school. Mm-hmm. And did you uh, did you do the stuff that Emily did? Did you use it for flirting techniques? Um, you know what? I did not. I did. When I wanted to talk to older men, I didn't know who they were. I actually did that through <laughs> online games, like um, I had EverQuest when I was oh, a kid. Oh, yeah. And um, I would definitely get hit on and then be like, you know, I'm like 14. And then they'd freak out um, and then stop <laughs> talking to me. So I didn't really use it to my advantage the way that Emily did to build interesting friendships. But, um, yeah, I did but talk I wasn't to strange- like strange men online but it was through a game where i was doing something else it wasn't like a wholehearted pursuit of strange men so i could i see i see no i was talking to boys i knew from school christine let's just let's just talk over emily here yeah she used it to attract strange older men there was maybe one or two but it wasn't like english teacher doing that an an english teacher from new york (laughs) That was like 39 and married or something. I, 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 I don't know how old he was, story. and I do not know if he was married. We were just friends. <laughs> oh, That's what yeah. they all say. Uh, oh, Christine, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I, was listening, I was listening to the Polygon show. Uh-oh. And in the Polygon show, <laughs> one of the ladies, Allegra Frank, was talking about how she was playing this online role-playing game. Now, it wasn't EverQuest, because I don't think EverQuest, you've got an avatar. I don't... uh, What? Yeah, I mean, you're like a dude walking around. Oh, right, cool. Right, so maybe it was... It's basically... It's like World of Warcraft, but it was the first one, like, a decade earlier. That was super, like, laggy and... (laughs) And she was saying that a lot of people would do cyber, right, which was... Oh, did we have their is. characters yeah did mm-hmm. have their characters have like sex in the game or whatever and she described it as they just stand beside each other in a clearing in, in whatever the <laughs> game was and then they just sit up and stand so sit down stand up sit down stand oh up beside each other. And i just think it's one of the funniest things i've ever read uh, or sorry i didn't read out she was describing it on the podcast she was like oh yeah and we just sit there and then you just be like spamming the p key because p was like the sit down stand up button or whatever and you just be like hitting p over and over again oh, yeah and, uh, hitting that and, p <laughs> 
in that <laughs> being like, and I just take it like, has anything like that? I've never done any of those online games like properly. Um, has that like has properly? Is that you? what properly means? Well, I mean, as in for more than like ten minutes. Like, I mean, Dark Souls, you don't have that option. I mean, you can bow to somebody. I suppose you can turn <laughs> off to it. It's like, well, hello, sir. Wait till I get a little bit closer to you. But, um, but you, I never had that. Did anybody ever say to you, like, hey, would you like to cyber with me? Um, no, but I do remember I would. there would be times where you would see on... There were some other ones I did as a kid where it was more just, like, chatting there, and you were, like, a little... Um, there's one called Furcadia, where you could build your own yeah. little world, but then it turned into this huge, like, pre-furry, like, weird fuckfest <laughs> situation. So I'd go on and, like, make a little world, and then I'm, like, a cat person walking around, and then there'd be, like, 20 people that make their characters lay down in a pile, and they're just, like, you know. <laughs> what? Chat Meowing to world, like, oh, yeah, harder. And I'd be like, what the heck is this? <laughs> and then I'd go into my little world I made, and I couldn't hear their chat anymore. But yeah, that was like where the online furry community started, I think, was just like cat people and horse people and dog people laying in circles <laughs> online saying they were having sex. So I unknowingly witnessed that as a child. I mean, I was like 14. Okay. I wasn't like four being like, what tartar mean? But, <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just something happened there while I was asking this and when I said, do you cyber? And then Emily was like, oh, we know what cyber means. Emily. I never cybered, but I knew what it meant. Did your, did no. your English no, teacher? No, 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 You know, English teachers always teaching you new words and definitions. New words. It's like, I want to teach you this new word, Emily. It's no, cyber. No, 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 no. I'm about to hey. use it in a sentence. <laughs> uh, so, Christine. Yes. Do you like blue cheese? <laughs> Oh wait! Oh, I was like, did you ever do a MySpace server before? Um, yeah, I probably did. I don't really remember. Did you have a top eight songs and stuff like that on your playlist? Um, no, because it made it the computer too slow to have like oh. that. <laughs> but um, I did. I remember having the top eight friends thing, and that was like a whole thing. But you could yeah. also put less than eight, so you could just put like three and be like, "Yeah, this was a choice." <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'm bumping you. Yeah, I don't want eight. You don't get my pity join. <laughs> You're not good enough. So you could do that. So I think I always had eight though. I didn't. I didn't really do anything interesting with it. Like I didn't have. I didn't flirt with it and do any of that. So probably I took a survey. I don't really remember. Yeah, but that's that's what I convinced myself about Facebook because I've only got like eight friends on Facebook. So I convinced myself it's like. Oh, it's because I'm I'm still living the the MySpace life. I have to only have eight at a time. Yeah, I mean I you're picky though. You life. ignore those requests. It's not it's not that I'm picky, Christine. It's that I literally don't do Facebook. Like I don't like my Facebook is blank. Like and I always think like if I add somebody, they're just gonna see my completely blank Facebook. <laughs> it's like oh. I, I used to use it for other stuff um, a few years ago, but like I, that's all. Why I don't use Facebook for that anymore. Yeah. For, I used to organize Donald's stuff on it. And, Got it. Um, because of that, I was always worried that people would see the groups that I was in, and like I wasn't making it public that Donald was autistic or whatever. I was like, well, why is Ollie in 10 different autism groups? But then I, 
it took me a while actually it was only uh, it was only true during the podcast that i found out that stuff that their private groups are private and people don't see them when they search for your yeah name. i was like oh i didn't know any of this i didn't know you could turn off notifications for a long time i didn't know that you can unfollow somebody so you can be friends with them and not see their content popping up on your page so i'm, I'm learning a lot Best of it's newer is, is too teaching. though like a lot of those features weren't an option a couple years ago. So you probably made the right move on that one. Yeah. Well, back then. All right. Emily, would you like to start? Or should I? You can start. Oh, I feel like you've already asked the first question. Well, you start. Okay. <clears throat> Christine. Yes. Do you like blue cheese? Oh, this is like your smooth announcer voice now. Um, I don't really have a strong stance on it, I have to say. Have you ever smoked a cigarette? No, I haven't. I've eaten pot brownie, but I've never smoked anything. Do you own a gun? Ugh, no. <laughs> what drink do you get at Sonic? I think I probably just would get like a, I don't know, maybe like a blue raspberry slushy thingy or something like that. Some sort of oh, berry fruity yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I just realized, Emily, you've edited this so it doesn't say what flavor do you add to your drink at Sonic. Yeah, because this it's is, a dumb question. This is, yeah, this is really helpful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, five. Uh, do you get nervous before doctor's appointments? Um, only when it's like, I used to get nervous about getting blood drawn, but I had some health <laughs> issues for a little while. Like, I'm fine now, but a few years ago, I had to, like, learn to suck it up and, like, not, like, cry or, like, freak out when I was getting my mm. blood drawn because I was, like, a goddamn mm. adult, like, freaking out. <laughs> um, but I was, I was scared of that for a while, and, um, I'm sympathetic to people who are. I, I get nervous at a dentist, um... I'm always very stiff and like tense and I've had them ask mm -hmm. like, are you okay? Are you in pain? And mm. it's just like, I don't like, I'm like trapped with a drill on my face. Like just seriously done. So I, I pre-warn them. Position. Yeah. I pre-warn them. Like, I can't talk to you. Like it's a weird thing. I, my mouth's just open and you're like, just like drilling me. So, um, well, <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know how yeah. it is. Yeah, I know. I've been to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, I get a little nervous, but um, more with the dentist than the doctor. Do you like hot dogs? Uh, not really. I guess not. I don't know. I'm not good at these. I'm not giving you guys yes or no answers to any of it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you prefer to drink in the morning? You know what? I've been trying to watch my sugar intake, so I've been drinking Diet Coke instead of um, getting yes. like a like a you know milk type thing. Uh -huh. So I've been having Diet Coke to wake up in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah, That's smart. It's the good stuff. Can you do push-ups? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite meal? Ooh. Oh, maybe like linguine carbonara mm. kind of like oh, pastas yeah. and stuff yeah that sounds so good or just like go steak. to that go to that roseville olive garden and get some 
Carpenter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Local <laughs> Olive Garden. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite piece of jewelry? one i'm sorry yeah no i don't, I don't really either. wear okay. jewelry we, yeah. we can't wear it for work because you could get like your earlobe ripped out or things like that mm-hmm. so i just don't mm-hmm. wear it everything i've worn yeah. to work has gotten ruined so i yeah. yeah what's your favorite hobby Ooh, um probably watching movies honestly yeah. i'm, I'm like hobby. or maybe podcasts listening to them mm-hmm this is a weird question. Do you work with people who idolize you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm really great. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I've I have um I mentor, you know, some people in my field who are newer than me. So I don't mm-hmm. know if idolize yeah. is the right word, but I definitely there's people who admire me or look up to me. Um mm. oh, cool. and I have that relationship with a couple of supervisors too where I wouldn't say idolize them, but I really look up to them and they're a mentor to me. So uh-huh. it's something I actually really like about my field is it's a lot of teaching other people and building each other out. So, mm-hmm. yes. Name a trait that you love about yourself. Ooh. Um, I think, I don't know. I'm great, but I don't have <laughs> specifically about me. Um, I think that I am very good at balancing being empathetic to others with being pragmatic and finding solutions. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what trait you would give that, but um, I think I have a good balance of kind of that like left brain, right brain, you know, logic, emotion, sort of uh, opposites people You're... force those to be. I'm pretty good at balancing you're, both. You're a real Emily. That's how I describe that. Oh, Emily, are you a good balance of things? Congratulations. I don't think I'm balanced in any way. <laughs> but thank you for saying so, Ollie. <laughs> Does that mean perfect? Is that like a really sweet compliment? No. What? <laughs> oh, it's choke compliments around. <laughs> uh, Christine, middle name? Yes. <laughs> uh, my middle name's Anne, and it doesn't hey. stand, it's not like famous or, you know, it's not named after anything. It's just sort of like, it's one of those default middle names you give people where you're, they're like, your name's long enough. You can be an Anne. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just that's... like Emily. Yep. Just like, yeah, that actually is me. Yeah. Current worry right now. Ooh. Um... I'm trying to think of one that's not related to work things I'm not allowed to say publicly. Mm. Yeah. I guess just work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can just say just say a case at work. Yeah. You know? uh, I'll solve all of it. Like honestly, it'll be fine, but uh yeah. you know, you get a you get an email at 6:15 and you're like, "Oh, now I have to sit with this until like 8:30 tomorrow to do something about it." Yeah. So I've just oh, got I a couple that. things in mind that are waiting for me, but it'll all be fine. Yeah. Hmm current hate right now current hate um conservatives trump Mm -hmm. (laughs) all of that Mm -hmm. shit yep favorite place to be i can see your kitty behind you which one is that that's muffin hi muffin hi muffin oh 
<laughs> She's a good kitty. Yeah. Say it again, Ollie. Yeah, sorry. So, what's your what's your favorite <laughs> place to be? My favorite place. Um. Favorite place to be. My favorite place to be. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess with friends, but that's not a location. If I have to do a location, probably my own apartment. It's pretty cozy mm. here. I like it. Yeah. Good. Oh, here's a relevant one for once. How did you bring in New Year's? How did I bring in the New Year's? Well, I, I think I made pasta, and then I watched. A movie, and then I went to bed by like yeah. 10 p.m. I think. <laughs> so not much, just kind of hung out. Yeah. Now you you understand why I corrected myself a second ago. What's your favorite place to go? Oh, wow! Why would they put those in the same survey? Okay. Um. Because they needed to fill out the survey. Yeah, Lord. Uh, I guess my favorite place to go assuming that's something a place i'm not often i guess to make this a different question um probably oh my god there's a spider that's going down my house right now he's gonna land on my foot soon oh he's going back up it's okay hey there's a doggy who's giving me a look that says you made me go looks like he's in the fires of hell i guess i don't have an answer i'm sorry pass (laughs) i got distracted by the spider and used my question time Okay, what is your most recurring dream? Oh, it's about, it's I about had... that spider, am I right? Right? Um, it's gonna be. I think probably missing a deadline for like work or school, especially when I was doing grad school and work at once. There was just so much new all the time in my head. The mm-hmm. most recent one I had that was really um, unsettling was uh, trying to talk to someone that I care about. Um, a specific person, and them walking into traffic and getting killed <gasps> just to avoid talking oh, to me. Oh, Jesus. Oh, damn. Um, so that was a bad dream, and I was not feeling good after that. The spider just keeps yo-yoing. He's got like a certain, <laughs> it's like he's base jumping or something. I don't know. He doesn't want to bungee jump. He doesn't want to go past a certain point. <laughs> I'm just going to let uh, him Christine. chill as long as he doesn't like try to eat me. So <laughs> yeah. If he gets any closer and you need to kill him, just let us know. Uh, introvert or extrovert? Uh, I am mildly introverted. I definitely, after being, I love being with people all day for my work, but when I get home, I'm very content to be alone. And like on the weekends, I'm content to spend most of the day by myself and, you know, just chat Mm -hmm. with friends on the phone or see one person. I'm happy to Mm -hmm. be by myself for a good chunk of time. What color shirt are you wearing? See, that's a weird one because you guys can see me. But our listeners um, can't. This is like not pink, but also not like it's not like quite magenta. It's not quite fuchsia. It's kind of in that you know, mm-hmm. flirting yeah. with the color pink situation. <laughs> Do you like sleeping on satin sheets? Oh yeah, this one's so weird. Every time I listen, I'm like, why would? No one's ever given like a yes or a no. It's just always like, why would you ask me that? Every single time. <laughs> I know, it's, it's such a weird question. Um, I don't know that I've ever done it, but I really like sleeping. So I imagine I would enjoy it no matter what I slept on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you whistle? Ollie, did you change? 
Uh, I changed my angle because I was showing you what Murph looked like. Oh, okay. Was, I just was, noticed was, what your shirt there. said. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I'm the most distracted guest in the world. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. What was the question? Uh, can you whistle? Yes. Oh, no. No, I can't. Uh, I can't. <laughs> Performance anxiety. You're a casual whistler. Oh, my God. This is so sad. I can. I will usually do, like, the wolf whistle at people. Not, like, down the street. Oh. Not, like, catballing. <laughs> but, like, if someone's name gets called at work of, like, oh, blah, blah, get a, get a good job. Everyone clap for mm-hmm. them. I always do, like, oh, oh, and then, like, the wolf whistle. Uh-huh. But I can't nice, get it nice. to work right now. That's fine. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, there's some whistling. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm off a little bit. We believe Switch, you. Switch, woo, I say. Yeah. Uh, favorite color? Um, I would say like kind of like a turquoisey blue, probably. Mm-hmm. That's a good color. Would you be a pirate? Oh, this isn't like a either or. This is just a general. Um. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I would. I don't think I would do anything that adventurous, like, ever. And I'm not really comfortable with, like, raping or pillaging or stealing. Mm -hmm. So I would probably be the person that gets pillaged because I am a rule-abiding citizen. (laughs) (laughs) What songs do you sing in the shower? I usually sing about Momo. I sing on his walks, and people laugh at me sometimes because I forget that, like, people can hear me. Um, I usually just put his name into different songs. Like after Mama Mia 2 came out, I was singing um, Momo Mama Puppy Mia? instead. <laughs> so just putting his name every time it would be like Mama Mia, I'd be like Momo Puppy. But um, I've been putting his name in a lot of Christmas songs recently just because that's what's <laughs> been around. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, whatever, whatever uh, I fancy, I just put his name into it. It's hmm. cute. Favorite girl's name? Uh, I really like the name Olivia. I feel like it's come into fashion a little bit, so I'm moving a little bit away from it. I know several like little Olivers and Olivias, and I know like a full-grown Oliver in Ireland. But like, it's become more fashionable in America recently. But that's probably one that that's one I've liked for quite a while. Yeah. And what's your favorite boy's name? Ooh, I've always liked the name Liam. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like I've heard that more recently, too. So I'm a little bit less keen on it now, but I've always liked that name. Yeah. That's uh, It's really funny. Um, Liam is becoming more popular around the rest of the world as it's almost fading out in Ireland. Oh. Cause it's because it's, it's an Irish name. Yeah. Uh, and it's... I, I, I can't remember the last time I had a kid come into school named Liam, but when I was in school, there were 10, 15 Liams. Mm-hmm. In the, in the year like so like that's one out of every 10 kids was a Liam hmm. and now I t- I'd say it's maybe could be five or six years since a Liam's passed in front of my door wow. in, in school you're going extinct so <laughs> what's the most out. common name now over here yeah. Jack 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 ah. you, Jack was never really a popular name until around about 2003 2004 and then when 24 yeah, uh, well, lost, I, it could I be about 24, lost maybe as well. Um, what do you call them from? Uh, from oh, and uh, 30 Rock. Tit- for, and from Titanic. And Titanic. Well, there I you go. That's so, probably it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I knew one kid that was just, his name was just Jack. It wasn't like Jack was his nickname he always went by. 
but it was just yeah. his given name, and I was surprised by that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Jack, Jack is just like a super common name yeah, over here now. Yeah, it's not. Um, uh, and Ryan. Ah. Like, because mm. uh, because a lot of boys coming through my school now would be, they'd all be fourteen, fifteen, and their dads would have been Manchester United fans. So Ryan Giggs was like the big footballer. Oh. So they were all naming their son after Ryan Giggs. That's so interesting. There's like some sort of sports thing to it. Okay. Hmm. Ollie, I've decided I don't like number 34, so I'm taking it out. Oh. Yeah, okay. What's in your pocket right now? Um, there is nothing in my pocket, but usually my phone is. Mm. Mm. What's the last thing that made you laugh? Uh, I think probably implying that Emily had a weird affair with an old man. I think we're oh, laughing I... about that. <laughs> There's no, there's no even implying. She totally did not. Did. Oh my god! You cybered. Oh yeah. He thought you I had a cybering. I did not. No. <laughs> no. 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 Bed sheets as a child. Maybe, wait. Maybe you should have said that back when you were cybering with that dude, Emily. Anyway. <laughs> um. Oh, but there was a kid at school. Um. Who he was writing a list of reasons why school is bad and we shouldn't have it anymore. And one of them, mm-hmm. his reasons was it's the number one leading cause of stress in kids. And it cracked <laughs> me up because the wording sounded like it's, you know, like a doctor's looks from a study. The number uh-huh. one leading cause of arthritis or whatever, but it was school <laughs> for stressing kids. And that made me laugh. So that's something not related to, to teasing you guys that made me laugh today. Yeah, yeah. My bed sheets as a kid, I had the pink Power Ranger. At some point, yeah. and I also had Beauty and the Beast at some point. Those were kind of the two. I think I had both of those, too. I remember one of the older episodes, I was like, oh, my gosh. But we're about <laughs> the same age. So we probably have the exact same like pattern and everything, too. We have the same childhood, yeah. Yep. <laughs> What's the worst injury you've ever had? Um, I had a couple scars. They faded a little bit over time, um, but from a kid... Uh, biting me and then going limp um and so i had to slowly lay down on my side so that i didn't um because my instinct would have been to drop so that i could like get his uh mouth off of my shoulder but um hurt their jaw or break his teeth exactly yeah because he went limp um i had to lean slowly down sideways while like holding his head so that he wouldn't get hurt and I couldn't lay down quickly because then I would have crushed him. Um, mm-hmm. So I had a big like, it was like, a you know, in Twilight, she has like the, the moon shaped, the crescent shaped scar. I had mm-hmm. one on my hand and then I had one that was both sides of the mouth on my shoulder. And it's, it's gotten mm-hmm. a little bit better with time. But like for the first month, it was just this bright red, like teeth marks on my arm um but he barely ripped any skin off which was good because i was very uh i was already kneeling so i was able to drop fairly quickly without hurting him but i think that's the worst because i've never broken a bone so i've really just gotten like injuries at work honestly mm-hmm. but that's not common it's not like that's every day but my yeah. worst couple <laughs> injuries are definitely work related i think he'd break it, my glasses on my face and I had to drive home holding them together so that I could see, like, to drive safely <laughs> to go get them replaced. So I did an hour of therapy with no glasses, and I just had to, like, squint at him. 
to figure out where he was so I could finish therapy. But he learned how to say the word moon with utter clarity, and it was worth it. Oh, good. That's great. Good. Yeah. Do you love where you live? I think that's a very strong word. Um, so I like where I live. I'm fond of where I live. But I wouldn't say I love it. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. the people yeah. I, that I get to see, and I love my work and my dog, but I, I'm mm. fond of where I live. Mm. Good. What is your worst habit? <sighs> Maybe giving really long answers to what are supposed to be really short questions, I feel <laughs> like. Um, I, I'm just an anxious person. I would say that my worst habit is um, stressing out. There have been times like at work or with friendships or different things where I go to make this big heartfelt like I'm so sorry I did this and they're like that wasn't a big deal like why, why are you like you have what is this this prepared speech and I'm like oh I was so much more worried about that you know of like yeah I could see you're stressed out but your work was still great or like yeah I saw you had a bad day but we're fine we've been friends for a decade and yeah. I will just worry too much about it so I think that it just makes my life harder um for no reason yeah that's, that's probably the worst mm. How many dogs do you have? I have one, and it's na- his name is Momo. Oh. <laughs> uh, do you own slippers? I do. I have a black pair of slippers. Momo's been trying to eat them, so I have to put them up where he can't reach them. He thinks anything fuzz- fuzzy is a toy for him. Oh. <laughs> what is your favorite book? Oh, that's really hard. Um, I really liked Annihilation, and I read that mm-hmm. last year. I read the uh-huh. whole series after seeing the movie, um, uh-huh. which I, I liked that movie more than Ollie did. Um, I remember that was discussed recently. Yeah, no, I, I, I did like the movie. I just didn't... It, it goes a little bit too... Like, I understand... I've been told that the books make things a little bit more clear. But, I see, as a sciencey person... Uh, I get really annoyed at pseudoscience in movies uh, where they don't make any effort to explain anything. Is that why you and like fantasy? Because they're like, it's fucking magic. Don't worry. Like, they don't see, even... That's, that's what I'm getting at. Because it's magic. Like, yeah. So, I get that. <clears throat> so, when you're watching a science movie... So, like, I'm watching a, um, I'm watching uh, Annihilation and I'm really enjoying it and everything's great and the visuals make sense. And then she sits there and she goes, oh, well, obviously these plants have been bonded to by the the, the biosphere or whatever it is and it was like no the, wait there's no obviously there you can't just randomly say that oh they've been fr- they've, they're fractaled mm-hmm. yeah fractaled that's not a even word. That's, that concept's not even it's not a book. thing like yeah it's just such a weird thing for them to add in um into the movie uh and as I said, loads of people have told me the books make a much better job of explaining it. Yeah, the books um, actually but... give an explanation. You can tell that he knows sciencey stuff. But I mean, it's yeah, it was but... a good shorthand to get across the concept of being the fear of your own body turning against you and the re- that relationship to the, um, you know, the metaphors with cancer and different things. I think it was very yeah. effective. But um, yeah, I'm sure it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, just as I said, that's it. But the movie is a good movie. It's just I get really tired of that because I'm watching it going, it wouldn't take much to put in a little bit that was actually real science here. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, there are tons of scientists over there that they could have gone and asked you. And I'm not even like, I'm not even close to being an expert in any of that sort of stuff. And if I can pick it up as being awkward and annoying to, to me, like it's imagine that somebody who actually is would find it really bad. But anyway, what is your favorite candy? Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm. Nice. Nice. What is your favorite sports team? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Accrington Stanley. Uh, what song do you want played at your funeral? Oh, God. You know, I've listened <laughs> to so many of these episodes, and I'm still having these very, like, I did not plan for any of these questions at for all. For that question. Yeah. Um, I honestly have no idea. So just that's, silence. That's, that's an option. Heavy. Just make uh, maybe, people sit with their thoughts. Maybe like a really cool song from like a soundtrack. That could be cool to do. Mm. Like just an instrumental thing going on. And people are just like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> and then it's just like, no, she's glad it's sad. And then they're like, oh, okay. Mm. I don't know. Uh-huh. Some Probably something instrumental. I feel like that would be, that could be very pretty. I like mm-hmm. a lot of the music from that they used in the soundtrack for The Road. Um, mm-hmm. The music was better than the movie, for sure. So maybe one of those songs, they're very, like, mournful and have that sense of longing and, like, feeling alone. Mm-hmm. What were you doing at 12 a.m. last night? Um, I was probably getting up and using the restroom. Because I do that a couple <laughs> times a night. Yeah. Uh, and what was the first thing you thought of when you woke up this morning? I woke up this morning. Um, I thought if I could snooze the alarm or not, and then I remembered I had to be somewhere by 8 a.m. and I couldn't. Mm. Um, so then I got up and thought, I need to hurry up or else I'll be late. <laughs> I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into our last couple of extra questions. Emily? What do you dip your pretzel in? Oh man, um, I I like putting it in cheese better, but I feel like it normally gives me a tummy ache after. So mm. I do that very occasionally, and then mm. I'm like, why do I do that? Um, <laughs> but I really haven't. I I'd say like three times a year I do it, and then every yeah. time I regret it. But I probably will continue to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. uh, what Hogwarts house are you? I am Ravenclaw. Yeah, the best of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Fraser or Friends? Uh, ugh, I don't care. <laughs> I love it. We'll count it for Fraser. <laughs> Emily, you were counting all of the people to say I don't care. <laughs> Neither. Oh, that's a Fraser vote. What? <laughs> it sounds like okay. Niles almost. <laughs> Christine? Mm-hmm. Thanks very much for coming. Yes, thank you, Christine. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. I hope this wasn't too serious of an episode. No, oh, just no, uh, episodes. It it wasn't serious at all. Sure, I mean, it's always a bit. It's it's always good to have laughed. And the stuff we were talking about at the start was good. Mm-hmm. It was interesting, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was nice to be able to get some stuff off my chest as well. Yeah. Uh, Christine, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I just kind of have Facebook. I have a Twitter, but I don't use it at all. I really all I do is um. If a friend posts that someone's being a jerk to them on the internet, then I will go <laughs> on Twitter and I'll like all my friends' comments and then I'll like yeah. 
say something rude to that person, or I'll like, uh-huh. no, I mean, I'll like give a legitimate criticism of why they're wrong if they are wrong, and if I don't have anything good to say, I'll just like a friend's comments. But I tweeted at Jason Alexander for Sarah Bags a couple times because she wanted people to tweet about the McDLT to him. <laughs> so I did that. But yeah, just really noble Facebook. Cause. I have an Instagram. I think it's called Momo and Christine or Christine and Momo. I don't really mm-hmm. remember what it's called. But I just post pictures <laughs> of Momo like twice a week. Aww. Yeah, it's good. Aww. I follow you. It's good. Oh, thank you. All right. Yeah. Right, uh, Ollie. Would you like me to talk to our listeners, or would you like to do it? Yes, I would. Go on ahead. Okay. You do a much better job of it than I do. <laughs> All right. So rate, review, subscribe in iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, I haven't done this in a while. We have a Facebook group. It's called the Best Acquaintances Facebook Group. You can join there and have some fun, uh, some cyber fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We do have a Twitter, although it hasn't been too active lately, but I, I promise to try to be better. It's at Ollie and yeah, Emily. Guys, it's about to get more active because I'm about to start a Twitter feed with some fucking sharks. <laughs> Wait, sharks? Like the animals? The, yeah, the sharks. Oh, from, and Nikki, from Nikki. Nikki Busky's, yeah. yeah, Nikki Busky's dad uh, works with sharks and, and she works with sharks and they get like but, suited up and they've got their own Twitter accounts and I'm about to start some shit. Ooh, can you I'm post go pictures on, like, on the Facebook group of that? I, I, only if they respond. Oh Because if it's gosh, just I me going like, do. hey, Shark Boy, well, my favorite movie is Jaws 2. <laughs> uh, and then I, I want to see what that the shark says back to me. Oh, it's a lovely that'll documentary. Be fun. Maybe they'll just movie. say like, splash, splash, splash. I would love it. That's what the, <laughs> Tom, the Tom, shark said. Splash. splash. The shark said splash, splash, splash to me. I'd be like, oh, yeah, the movie about mermaids. Whatever, yeah. You just wanted to see her boobs. Damn shark. Okay. Uh, hey, do you know what's great? I get the swim backwards, shark. Yeah. Can you do that? No. Do you I'm swim backwards, Savali? The shark doesn't know that, I mean. I've never seen you swim backwards. In fact, I've yeah, never seen you swim forwards that. either. It's on Twitter. I can say whatever I want. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Uh, right, so you can find us. It's at Ollie and Emily. Uh-huh. And if you rate, review, and all that sort of stuff, it's really great for us. Uh, I've got another podcast called Media Evil, mm-hmm. where we watch medieval set movies and we talk about them and say what to get right, what to get wrong, and all that sort of shit. And it's good fun. It's a good yes, show. It's very good. Um, Emily, it's always a pleasure recording with you. Christine, it was a pleasure to meet you. It's also yeah. a pleasure to record with you, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I'm going to say with that, I'm going to say goodbye, everybody. Or good night. Bye. Because it's half five in the morning. Bye bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Christine. Bye. Bye. Thank you.